Welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast. This is the Derek and Mike podcast. My name is Mike. This is my boy, Derek. What's up, Mike? What's up, what up D? How you doing today, brother? I am fantastic, I have to say. Yeah? Fantastic. You were just okay last week, so tell me. Why fantastic? Do tell. Boy, you know, I don't know. I can't compare how I felt last time because I'm not feeling that anymore, but I just feel fantastic. Maybe That's good. if I'm going to create a narrative for that, I would say that it's because I have the day off and then I have off Monday and Tuesday as well, or maybe Wednesday I'm taking, taking Wednesday Whoa. off too. Yeah. Damn, a five-day weekend? Yeah, so I'm feeling pretty good right now. Are you doing anything with that expanse of time or are you just kind of chilling, doing homebody stuff? Well, I am going to have a 4th of July barbecue cookout over here. And That's very Tennessee of you. Are you going to do it in the front yard and let all the neighbors come over? No, no. We're going to do it in oh. the backyard, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Backyard is very California of you. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. If anybody wants any barbecue, they can have some. All I, right. I, th- I think it's a requirement. If you see somebody, if somebody visits your house, it's a requirement here, I think, to like provide barbecue. You so like if a neighbor like, smells barbecue, they're just like, oh, Let's let's just go. They they don't wait for an invite. They just smell barbecue and assume they're invited. Nah, no, nah, they're not going to come over. But um, if you have somebody over, or if somebody is over, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not out out of the question. Like we used well, to like, have contractors that would come over, and I'd be barbecuing out back, and I'd be like, you know, I know they could smell it, and I got like a a sausage <laughs> kebab, you know, and it's like, hey, would you like a sausage kebab? And guess who the hero is? I am. Yeah. I mean, it would be a huge dick move just be cooking awesome sausage kebabs right in front of like some painter or contractor. And you're just like, hey, uh, you missed a spot. I'm going to go inside and eat these kebabs. Get back to work. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad we see things the same way. Yeah, That'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, maybe by next year, you'll be even more Tennessee and you'll be doing these barbecues in the front yard. Could be. Yeah. I don't or, know if that's a thing. A I imagine smoker. that's a thing. No, is it's that, not. That, I don't think it's a thing. Right. No, but right. uh, definitely smokers are a thing. I think, dude, I, are you going to get into smoking? Are you into barbecuing? No, I'm not really. Not much. Okay. All right. I'm just you be into barbecuing to to smoke. I mean, that's that's a hobby. That's that's not that's not something you you do half heartedly. If you're going to buy a smoker, you got to become a barbecue guy. Yeah, I, I have a friend that is a smoker, and I saw like a little video of his setup. And yeah, he's got just one of those smokers. It takes like six hours and he's into like what kind of um, wood chips you get for it and whatnot. And and then he, he, he recently got one of those hibachi grills, those things you put over like your um, your grill, you put on top of it. It's like a hibachi thing where you can make fried rice for like 20 people. Okay. So it's just like a big gold pan style dish or plate or pan or whatever and you put that right on top of the grill it's totally a flat yeah it's like oh just it's flat oh hibachi it's, yeah, okay hibachi, i'm thinking of like yeah. stir fry all mm-hmm. right i got you yeah all right so yeah. hibachi is it's just a griddle it's just a flat piece of steel or cast iron yeah it's steel i think mm-hmm. all right yeah okay but um, pretty cool you can cook anything on that dude you can do fucking pancakes 
You could do eggs, anything. Yeah, back when I was on Facebook, his wife posted a picture of him cooking the uh, fried rice, and it was just like, and he, and he had like the the chopper, and, and like not the chopper, but the spatula that they use at the Japanese cookhouses and stuff. Yeah, it yeah, that cool, square man. spatula that they flip around and you know bang on the front and the back of it and flip it around and do all that fun shit. Yeah, yeah. Does he do any of that? Does he do any of the fancy flair? Is he a flair barbecue guy? It wasn't in that video, but I'll tell you what, if I was him, I'd be practicing that shit, you know, throwing the uh, the egg up from behind my back and have it land on the spatula. You know, why not? You got to start somewhere, right? You may as well do it in your own house. Dude, I, I feel like if you're going to buy a hibachi and a square spatula, you're, you're basically like obligated to learn how to do some flair barbecue guy stuff. I have to agree. Yeah. I mean, you should be like flipping shrimp into people's mouth. You should be building like little rice pyramids that that you know you pour oil in the middle of them and they they the smoke onion. up and then you yeah then you, oh yeah the onion that's mm-hmm. right the onion pyramid and then you kind yeah. of squirt some oil in there and it burns and smokes and then you push it along and make the choo-choo sound i should request a video from him because yeah. i know he's done it's like hey mike come on his name is mike as well oh i like and, this guy already yeah <laughs> well it's his son that's creating our artwork oh oh we're getting some artwork made that's right yeah yep all right all right then that'll be cool that'd be cool to see what he comes up with yeah yeah it would be interesting we'll we'll see we'll see what what it is i mean i i sent a whole narrative over to him and uh yeah we'll see what happens so we should say it's artwork for the podcast you and i know that but no one else does so podcasts have to have artwork because if (laughs) you don't then then you're just lame uh so we need artwork for the podcast. So we're, we're thinking we're going to have like characters drawn up. That's one idea. We'll see. If they're cool, then you'll see it. If they suck, then we'll never talk about it again. That's right. But, uh, that's the idea. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you told the guy some things about us, some bull- bullet pointed lists of like things about us to help him build a, an idea of who we are so he can draw us. Some of the things in that list struck me as unnecessary. <laughs> I don't think so. I like what's he going to do with this piece of information? Is this going to work its way into a cartoon of me? Like, does he have to know that that uh, my nickname was clumsy as a kid? Is is that going to make its way into this cartoon? I hope not. I I don't know. I don't know. Am I going to be like slipping on a banana peel or something? Like that's for him to decide. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Why is that information important? Fuck, man. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's you know I don't know. I I was just trying to be a good Samaritan here and give him as much info as possible about each of us. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's great. You're like Mike's hungry. He likes to eat. Like, huh. <laughs> All right. So my cartoon's well, gonna no, be fat I, and tripping over something. Uh, <laughs> no, so. I didn't say that. And your picture, <laughs> your picture clearly depicted you as like being trim and like you know kind of fit. So I don't think well, I had gonna... to send new pictures because I'm only recently trim and kind of fit. I used to be, you know, fat. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. So even yeah. when I was looking, well, you told the guy like, okay, so Mike's a punk rocker. So I'm like, I should probably send something uh, besides a photo of me holding my babies because that's not very punk rockery. And uh, every photo of me before uh, having babies to hold, I was fat. So I really have these old fat punk rocker photos. But I don't want to be fat in my cartoon because I'm not fat anymore. You yeah. Know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, that, that would be a, a bad attribute to pick up on, huh? The four yeah. pictures that you send him, it's like, hey, I'll pick the fat one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and I feel like fat is something that would make it into a cartoon. Not so much uh, 
the fact that my nickname was clumsy, but definitely fat. That that would make it into the cartoon. I could. You think he? I wonder if he is going to draw like character caricatures of us like that. Like I would have I big know. ears or something. Yeah, let's see. You know. Oh yeah, if it's going to be caricature style, like exaggerated features, or if it's going to be realistic, like a, like a true sketch, or we'll be we'll be like full blown cartoon, like Simpsons or something like that. One thing I, he's very talented, so I think he can do all of it. But one mm. thing uh, his dad posted on Facebook one time of a picture that he did, it looked just like a photograph. And but he drew okay. it. And like you All had right. to you had to convince yourself that it wasn't a photograph because it actually looked like a photograph. It was pretty interesting. But that I that sounds I think, like a yeah. lot of work and time. There's no way that he just throws that together in twenty minutes. That sounds like it would take a long time. Yeah, but um he's not, not the dad told me the the dad Mike, the other Mike told me that he can whip up a sketch like real quick and send it over and say like, Hey, what do you think about this? So he's not going to spend like four months on it and be like, Oh, Hey, what do you mean? You're not going to use my work. Oh no, I can't imagine he is. I'm sure he got that list and really great breakdown that you sent with all kinds of info and he probably got it. And he was like, fuck, I have to do this. I don't know. I don't know. I think he's actually a little bit excited. Oh yeah. All right. Well, fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, no. What I said about you, I didn't say you're fat. I said you never miss a meal. That's a nice way of calling someone fat. No, no, it's Think not. about it. Okay, no. so... Let's be very you... literal here. You never <laughs> miss a meal. When's the last meal that you missed, Mike? Oh, uh, I, I, maybe never. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, that's accurate. I never miss a meal. Yeah, okay. You, yeah. So it's entirely know. accurate, but read between the lines. If you were to say like, oh, tell me about Bill. Well, Bill, uh... Bill never misses a meal. Like, oh, <laughs> Bill's a fat guy, right? Well, yeah, I can see how you're coming to that conclusion, <laughs> maybe. But, you know, let's start from a blank slate and just let's just say never misses a meal. I mean, you, you just never miss a meal. No, Mike eats three times a day. It's a noteworthy attribute of his being. He eats he eats thrice daily. And it's probably three meat meals as well. Fuck no, it's five, dude. Because he like loves five meat. meals a day. Yeah, I do. I love meat. My wife gets so fucking annoyed by it, too. Like, she'll make, like, <laughs> meals with a moderate meat content, like what normal people would eat. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to need more meat than that. So she'll go cook a whole <laughs> other fucking pan of, like, ground turkey or ground beef or whatever, and then just leave that pan full of ground meat cooked up on the side. She'll serve herself a, a, a normal portion, and then I'll take a normal person a portion of what she made, and then I'll just throw on a fucking whole shitload of extra meat from the second pan that she made. Oh, that's so funny. What? So I, I can picture your pizza right now. It's just a meat lovers, double meat lovers, right? You know what's weird, dude, is uh, paradoxically, I don't really like meat on pizza. Weird. I'll eat it, but I won't order it. Like, I'll tell you my pizza order. Uh, when I order pizza, my go-to is mushroom, bell pepper, and uh, onion, um, pepperoni. So, sorry, pepperoni, mushroom, bell pepper is the automatic Sometimes jalapeno, uh, and very rarely sausage. So it's really just mushroom, bell pepper, jalapeno. No, you can't. And, that's and a and good pepperoni. combo. Bell pepper and and uh, onion too, though. You, you don't like I hate, onion? No, huh? I fucking hate onions. That's dude. right. You no. don't like onions. That's right. Because yeah, no. you're the in and out guy that doesn't want the onions on it. Hell no, dude. Someone else can have that shit. Nope. Give the guy behind me double onions. I don't want those onions at all. Interesting. And yeah. I never grew into onions. Like tomatoes, I didn't eat tomatoes as a kid. 
I don't know if it's just because I didn't like them or I never gave them a shot or as texture or my taste buds changed or what, but I wouldn't touch a tomato as a kid. And at some point in my young adult life, I tasted a tomato and went, oh my God, what have I been missing all my life? And ever since then, I love tomatoes. Um, but onions have never, I've never flipped the switch on onions. I've never crossed that bridge. They've never done it for me. I think I'm a no onion guy for life. So I, I can see like not wanting an onion on your hamburger and maybe not eating like a, um, I don't know, even a cooked onion, I suppose directly. But what about like your meat? Like when you make sausage or ground beef, don't you put onion in that to flavor it or no? No. Well, I've never made sausage. So if I did, I wouldn't put onions, but never have. Uh, when I make ground meat, I just make the ground meat. I mean, I'll mix in like vegetables and stuff with it sometimes, I guess, but, uh, I'll make ground meat and then put it on like a pasta or whatever, but no. See, you're really, I think, I think you're missing out. If onions didn't exist, I'd, I'd be fine with that. I don't know. I think that you should give that a shot. Oh, I've tried them and I'll eat them. Like sometimes my wife will put them in something where we'll eat at someone else's house and they cook with onion. I'll eat it. I'm not going to be that, you know, picky child who like picks it out of his food and leaves a, leaves an empty plate with one big pile of onions on the side of it, you know, at the end of dinner. Uh, I'm not going to do that. I'll eat them, but, uh, I don't, I'll never choose them. I don't like them. Okay. So I challenge you, should Mm. you take the challenge to cook ground beef with finely diced onions in there? Yeah. My wife's done that before and I've eaten it. And it's not terrible. Cooked onions, especially diced tiny, so they're not big, crunchy chunks of onion. Yeah. Uh, it almost goes unnoticed, other than it does add some flavor. Um, I, I feel like when it's diced up really small and cooked really well, I actually enjoy the flavor of it then. Great. I hardly okay. notice it. The flavor's Good. great. But afterwards, I always get this kind of like pukey, throwing-up-y feeling in the back of my throaty kind of uh, acid-ish kind of reaction to oniony food. And that lasts a really long time. So maybe I'm just, uh, maybe I have some digestive problem with onions or something or whatever. Or maybe that's just the onion breath thing I don't like. I don't know, dude. It's it, Even when onions taste good, the after effect of them is undesirable. But yeah, if the onion is big enough to crunch or any of that, if it's noticeable, then I fucking don't even like the way it tastes. And then the pukey feel is even worse. Yeah, I'm going to stop beating onions on it. And it sounds like you're allergic to them or something. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't like them. They're gross. I don't need them. You can have them. More onions for Derek. More I'll for take you. them. Yeah, yeah. I'll my dad is a fucking... My dad is an onion guy, dude. Like <laughs> when he goes through and he gets a burrito at like like just some sort of a crap drive through burrito, like a Taco Bell or Del Taco or whatever. Del Taco doesn't even put onions in their burritos. Uh, so we'll go through Del Taco and he'll order just like, you know, a couple bean and cheese burritos we're going to eat in the truck on the way to a something we're doing or whatever. Just some quick drive through crap burrito. He'll order those and he'll add onions to it. And then he'll even tell the lady like, oh, put onions on two of those burritos. And I want extra onions on those burritos. <laughs> like not just add onions like add a fuckload of onions uh really what i want is a tortilla full of onions and you can throw some beans in there if there's room but mostly onions that's essentially what he's ordering oh that's so funny that brings up a couple of thoughts here because i'm the same way i like extra onions on my bean burritos from extra onions god damn it's unfathomable to me but okay go ahead no i i, I love it i think you know i don't know why i like onions i guess but I used to work at Taco Bell too, 
and I have a story and I'm not so proud of like, this is obviously not something I would never do again, but looking back at a dumb 17 year old having fun at Taco Bell, this is one of my stories. (laughs) So, um, people would, (laughs) they would come in and they would say like, I'm the one that made the burritos. Right. And yes, I washed my hands. Everything was clean, but they would say, I want extra onions. I'd be like, oh, you want some extra onions? Oh, I'll give you some extra onions. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, oh, extra onions, um, buddy. All right, coming yeah. right up, okay. sucker. So I would give them extra onions, like a handful, as much as my hand could hold. Like I would throw oh that on God. the burrito. Just <laughs> like, like you were trying to cure this guy of his audacity of ever asking for extra onions again, where next time he came into Taco Bell, he'd be like, don't order extra onions. <laughs> no, no, no. What he did was he came back. Oh, uh, he came back and he said. Like he drove back or he or he was inside the seating area in the restaurant? No, this was like the next day. I think like he would order oh, the same God. thing every day. Oh, right? This, okay. And I happened to be there at the time when he did his reorder and he ordered extra onions Easy onions. <laughs> what, what, what? Extra onions, easy onions. Yeah. So when you say what? easy onion, you're saying less. So you're saying, look, I want onions. <laughs> I don't want that many onions. <laughs> and my oh boss. Oh, my God. My boss like, I was, want a lot, but not a lot, a lot. Just a little more than normal. My just bo- a little. My boss and, and everybody in the entire place was like so confused. They're like, this guy, what is this guy? What extra onions? And I'm, I'm thinking only to myself. I'm like, oh, I know why. Oh, I know, I know why. Exactly, I know exactly. Oh my god, that guy just bit into a fucking tortilla <laughs> filled with onions yesterday. Oh, oh yeah. my god. Oh, that was uh, that was one of the nothing sounds stories. worse. Nothing sounds worse to me. I'd rather skip a meal, which is also unfathomable. But I would skip that meal. Wow. Yeah, that's saying yeah. a lot. You it is right. A meal. Uh huh. I mean, I, I guess really I would just go drive through somewhere else, but but I would not fucking eat that burrito. You know what I would probably do? I would probably drive back through the drive through and hope that you came to the window and I would throw it at you. <laughs> <laughs> and then drive away really fast. I would probably do that. Well, that's what I deserved. Um, that's absolutely what I deserved. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would do that. <laughs> Oh man, uh, I'm having too much fun here. <laughs> That's probably uh, what would happen there. Yeah. Oh my god, dude, I got to tell you, dude, it feels nice to laugh and be relaxed right now because I have had one of the gnarliest weeks I've had in a long time, and uh, uh, I guess I'll tell you about it here. Yeah. It's okay. So, so I'm in sales, right? Like, not really. I, I don't really sell things, but pretty much, I'm, I'm basically I'm out selling customers and and convincing them to do things with their money. So I'm selling essentially. Right. Yeah. And my job is to go out and see customers all the time. Uh, I go out to see them on their places of business and I go to see them in offices and, and all that. Basically my whole job is just out seeing customers. It's an account management job. So I'm visiting them in their offices, taking them out to lunch. It's a fucking chill job. I'm cruising around, seeing people, talking to people I like, and generally it's always cool. And, and we get to have lunch. It's a great job. I love it. Yeah. Uh, But one of the weird things that almost any sales job has, especially outside sales, where you're not sitting in an office on the phone or whatever, you're out seeing customers, that includes a certain level of trust um, on the part of your management team. The guys who are in charge of you are not seeing you. You're expected to be out and about doing what you're supposed to be doing. And there's a certain level of risk involved there, right? So anytime that sort of structure exists, 
the managers like to periodically do a ride-along day. And you in your line of work may not have an equivalent. I wonder, I'd be interested to hear if you have something similar, but essentially that means your manager or some manager or some fucking authority figure or some bigwig is going to ride along with you that day, jump in your truck, cruise along, and, and they'll tell you something stupid like, just go about your normal business. I just I just want to cruise along and get a feel for what's going on in the market. Or uh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm not here to check on you or anything like that. I just wanna I just want to keep my finger on the pulse of what's going on out there. You know, I like to stay in the field. I like to be in the field. It's where I belong. And all that's bullshit. They're there to watch you do what you do and make sure that you know uh, you're doing a good job, right? And yeah. maybe the other stuff is true to some extent, but really they just want to keep tabs on their sales guys and, and see, you know, what you're up to and make sure everything's looking kosher. So normally these ride along things are one day or even half a day or, hey, I'm just going to go along with you to this meeting or, hey, book a meeting on this next Wednesday morning and I'll go along with you. And that's a big enough inconvenience and a reason enough to be like, oh, God damn, I got the manager with me next Wednesday. That's going to suck. But yeah. And extraordinarily sucky thing happened to me where a corporate guy who is a very cool guy, but a a super high up corporate bigwig in the company I work for, like one of the seriously like top five executives in the company, uh, is focusing on California right now and is going to work his way through the whole country, but starting in California and wants to ride around with all of the different sales reps. And I was lucky enough to be first which I'm fine with, but I'm the first guy. I'm the guinea pig on the whole uh, campaign. And he's going to ride along with me for three straight days. And what that means is he's going to fly out from corporate, which is in Arizona. So he's going to fly out. And he told me to pick the hotel, pick a hotel close to your house because I'm going to stay there. I'm only here for three days for you. So pick me up at my hotel in the morning. We'll go and we'll do a whole day's worth of work and then drop me back off at my hotel at night. We'll start the whole thing again the next day. We'll do that for three days straight. So that was my week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of this week. Uh, That is stressful because I know the guy. I know he's cool, but I also know what's really going on. I need to fucking put together an impressive string of three days of activity that impresses him, showcases my uh, effectiveness with my customer base, all this corporate rah rah bullshit. I got to put together a schedule for three days straight that's going to knock this guy's socks off, right? So oh, yeah. I knew about that's it. It's a lot of pressure. It's a fucking ton of pressure, which I'm fine with, but it's still a lot of pressure and it's a lot of work. And uh, at this point in my life, that extra amount of focus that something like that requires is not readily available, dude. I got two young kids and home life is fucking tough right now. I'm scrambling every day just to fucking brush my teeth. And, uh, now I got to prep to have corporate guy in my truck for three days straight. So awesome. Um, long story short, it did go well. It was a ton of fucking work. It was exhausting as shit. And, uh, and every day, dude, at the end of every day, I was just baked beyond belief. Like I picked the guy up at six thirty, seven in the morning. We'd go hard until about four o'clock ish in the afternoon talking nonstop because he's a cool guy. We have great conversations, but literally nonstop talking on the entire time, even obviously lunch together. So it's not like lunch is a break. It's just more of the same. We're just eating food. Oh yeah. And, uh, uh-huh. it's like being on for nine hours straight every day. And again, we're not physically doing anything exhausting. We're just driving places, talking, seeing people, uh, and that sort of thing. But it's mentally 
fucking taxing, dude. I mean, it, just by the end of it, when I drop them off at the hotel at the end of the day, I get in my truck. I don't even listen to music or an audio book or anything. I just get in and just silence, mm-hmm. roll down the windows, and I just stare blankly out the windshield as I drive home, just entirely mentally baked. Uh, so I did that for three days straight. And then I was really looking forward to Friday. I was like, yeah, Friday, man. I'm not doing shit. <laughs> I'm going to fucking, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to mail it in. I'm going to put together just the weakest fucking group of nothing on Friday and just fucking coast. I'm going to do the podcast with Derek. Uh, I'm going to bitch about the previous three days and it's going to be a nice chill <laughs> day. And uh, then my regular boss, my local manager, calls me up at the end of the day on Thursday and I'm due for my annual review. And he apologizes for dragging his feet and taking so long to do his part of my review process. And I'm so sorry it's taken me so long. Why don't we get together on Friday afternoon and we'll do your review? And I'm like, uh, oh, man, I can't tell him I don't want to because then that it doesn't make me look good. you know. So obviously I have to pretend to be like, oh, yeah, no, that all sounds great. But hey, boss, I, I, I you know, I'm uh, no, no worries about taking a while on it. No problem at all. Why don't we just do it next week? Don't worry about it. You know, it's Friday. We can just do it next week. Let's just do that. And he's like, no, 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 no. I feel bad that I've taken this long. Let's just get it out of the way, man. Let's crank it out Friday. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Want to do it in the morning? Because I'd rather hammer it out early and then I'll fucking, you know, clock out super early and just chill. And uh, of course not. No, he's busy in the morning. So he wants to do it in the afternoon. And, uh, I got to do that this afternoon. I still don't even have a time and I know how that's going to turn out. It's going to turn out into a multi-hour chilling, talking. He's a cool guy. So we just get to talking and, and it's going to stretch into the late afternoon and I got a fourth long day in a row in ahead of me today and I'm not looking forward to it. That is annoying. So do you think, is your review going to have anything to do with the guy that came and visited you the last three days? No, it's purely coincidence. The, the, the corporate guy is just focusing on California as a whole. There's all sorts of things that need to be kind of revamped and all this kind of shit, corporate, uh, you know, uh, corporate process improvement kind of crap and all that. So he's going to, he's going to do that same three day, uh, marathon with all sorts of different people in California. I just happen to be first and it just happened to be this week when now my local boss wants to do my annual review. It's just purely coincidental, but, uh, okay. It's making oh, for one ball busting week. Tell you that dude. I'm sure your review is going to be great though. I mean, cause they picked you first. It'll be fun to have this guy come out. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and the three days with the guy, in the office and that all went well. Mm-hmm. Dude, the guy said he was super impressed. Everything went really well and all that. It was just fucking tiring. Uh, and then uh, I was just really looking forward to having a chill day Friday and then now having to go into the office and go do a very similar sort of thing with a different manager is just uh, he's going to want to recap the three days with corporate guy. Tell me all about it. What you guys do and all this. And, you know, ugh. yeah, he's probably got to get his books all straight because the new corporate guy's out. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, corporate guy in town. Uh, and, yeah. and everyone's on their fucking game right now, dude. Yeah, everybody's got to get the reviews and all their paperwork all yeah. straight up and like, oh, did you give Mike his review? Like, oh, yeah. It, yeah, it sounds yeah, like you probably. might be set up for in a good position, though. I mean, I'm glad. First of all, I'm glad you like your job, though, because it does sound like you enjoy your job and, and you're so good at um, people and selling. It's fun. I, I like. So, well, uh, yeah. And I, I guess it depends on what I'm doing and what I'm selling and who I'm working with and all that, because sales in general can be awesome and it can suck. 
this particular job is fucking awesome. I do. I really like it. Well, you had, you've had a bunch of sales jobs in your life here. Yeah. And, uh, one of the bullet points there that I put was the, uh, this is one of the funniest things is you selling tools to Midwest farmers that were like just cheap Chinese tool sets. That was my first job. Well, not really. My first job was working at the city pool when I was like 15. But then my first like real job was that uh, telemarketing job. Yeah, selling shitty ass China made tools for way more money than they were worth to uh, Midwest farmers. Yeah. Yeah. I love that story. That story is just because you would call like all day long, right? I mean, you just had like call after call that you had to to join. That's all it was. It was literally telemarketing. So I would have this just endless list of people to call. They were almost all farmers, truckers and farmers. And it was an endless parade of outgoing phone calls to new accounts and existing accounts. And there was a script. It wasn't even like, hey, I'm calling someone I have a relationship with and I get to be myself. Uh, Actually, quite the opposite. I had to be a fake personality. We all had fake names. They gave everybody who started this telemarketing job a fake name. And the idea behind that was that these farmers essentially would only relate to someone with a super basic name like Charlie Stevens or Bill Daniels or Chuck Brown. (laughs) Chuck Brown was my name. So, um Uh, You have to have like a good old boy name and a name that's easy to spell and a name that's easy to remember. Like you can't be like um, Harvey Schlegenbacher or something like that. Like no fucking farmer is going to be cool with Harvey Schlegenbacher. You got to be John Stevens. Oh, no, Derek Dieter. That's way too out there. That's outlandish. Uh, Yeah, I've never heard that name. Where's your name from? Yeah, yeah. No, you'd have to be Todd Stevens. Uh, I think having two first names was was the goal for them. Like everyone seemed to just have two first names. Uh, and, um, what was yours? Charlie Brown. Yeah, it was Chuck Brown, Chuck Brown. So yeah, I had a little, Char- Brown. I had a little Charlie Brown character on top of my phone and all that. Yeah, it was pretty cool, but it was a rad oh. gig, dude. Cause I was just a punk kid, just really working for pot money. And, uh, this job took me from dumbass kid to, I, I, I guess still being a dumbass kid, but a much more professional, a much more, uh, grown up and professional minded dumbass kid than I was in just a couple of years that this job like formed me in a lot of ways. Um, but essentially what we were doing was just fleecing really hardworking blue collar guys. And I feel a little bad about it. Um, yeah, but you know, it just is what it is. I guess all telemarketers are scummy to, to a large degree. Um, but we weren't, we weren't, we weren't like stealing from them or anything, but we were definitely selling these tool sets for more than, more than they were worth. And, you know, for that, I feel bad, but we also helped a lot of people. I mean, a lot of these farmers lived in rural areas where, you know, the closest store was a fucking drive and a half. And this was way before like Amazon days. And, you know, where, where mail order was, was a viable option. Uh, these guys burned through tools a lot. I mean, they were fixing, you know, a small fleet of semi trucks or they were working on a farm and they were busting wrenches all the time and, and drill bits and shit like that. These guys were hardworking guys. So the fact that we were willing to deliver stuff straight to their house was, was a value. Um, but yeah, we were yeah. we were overcharging for shit tools. That's for damn sure. Well, what I find funny too is about that story is 
I think you you were telling me some of the calls and you would like call people during dinner time and they'd be like, oh, hey, can I call you back like right after dinner? Weren't they like so polite and nice and just so They were the nicest kind of, people. I mean, in general, sometimes you get an old old guy to tell you to fuck off and all that. But uh, yeah, for the most part, these these Midwestern farmers and truckers and just blue collar guys and their wives and whoever answered the phone, they were really just always so nice and hospitable. And we were just such dicks, dude. We were just these fucking punk ass kids in a telemarketing room in California. And, uh, uh, I mean, fuck dude. We were just punk ass motherfuckers. I was. Yeah. We've all, we've all been through, you know, situations like that where we we regret some of the things we did when we were kids. And you, you did have a legitimate job though. Oh yeah. And you were doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was good at it, honestly. I mean, and and I did, I mean, we weren't all just idiots and assholes. I mean, I I did a good job. We did help a lot of farmers out. I had good accounts who really trusted us. We sent a lot of tools and and it was generally good, but we were also dickheads when we wanted to be and we'd fuck around and play pranks on people and all that shit that's totally to be expected. But it was a rad job, honestly. It was. Oh, that's right. You would pass around phone numbers if somebody would would fuck with you. Oh, You'd be like, oh, hey, you oh, you call yeah. this person over next, uh, yeah. Rick. As soon as <laughs> we, we, a whole bunch of us dickheads were in one room and we could all hear each other, uh, so as soon as one of us had some sort of a you know a live one here. Uh, they got excited. Yeah. It's like you call someone and they're just like, listen, <laughs> motherfucker, stop calling me. You're just like, oh, oh, yeah. Awesome. And the entire room would just um, put their devious minds to thinking of ways of fucking with this guy who had the audacity of telling us not to call him back. Like it was on. And oh. <laughs> uh, that that poor hapless sucker uh, was fucked with endlessly because we had nothing but time. And uh nothing to lose so we would keep that guy's number handy for uh for a good long while or <laughs> there multi there there's like uh callbacks that would happen like monthly on a monthly occasion oh or? god or daily from different people and in different <laughs> oh, ways no. like oh, no we, we'd have oh yeah we we'd we'd fuck with people big time dude we had all sorts of ways to fuck with people oh that's so funny oh yeah 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 totally. See, and I, I remember like um to me, it was a joy watching you how to decline uh, somebody that called you trying to sell something because I've seen you do that before. And I was like, okay, if anybody knows how to handle it, it's Mike. So what what would you do if somebody called you today trying to sell you something? Of course, I know nowadays nobody picks up the phone if they don't know what the phone number is, recognize the number. But if somebody were to get you on the line, what would you do? Oh, gosh. I, I, I guess it just really depends. But I guess I, I snap into a reactive mode pretty quickly. I can assess what kind of a salesperson they are. Um, first, what I think I do is determine if they're just a human speaking to me from their own uh, ability and brain or if they're a telemarketing person reading from a script or if they're like a full-blown uh-huh. robot, obviously. Robot's not even worth fucking with, so I just hang up on them. Uh, but sometimes you get telemarketers who call you and they're just reading a script and you can totally tell, right? Uh, so if they're just reading a script, it depends on the mood I'm in. I don't know if I have time to fuck with them, I'll, I'll reply. Other times I'll just go like, Hey, take me off your list. I'm busy. If I'm too busy to fucking get into it, then I'm just too busy. But, uh, if I think they're reading a script, I like to break them off their script. I find that fun. So someone will call and just be like, (laughs) hello, sir. This is Steve from Sunspot Solar calling about solar i'll be like hey hey steve 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 you there you there yeah yeah hi okay look man stop reading the script 
Just tell me. Ooh. Just tell me. What are, you, what are you trying to do? You want me to buy solar? <laughs> is that the deal? Um, well, sir, I'm, I'm Steve from solar. No, no, no. Steve, 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 <laughs> stop it. Stop reading. Put your paper down. Put your paper down. Lean back in your chair, Steve. Relax. Tell me what you're doing. What are you doing, man? You work at a solar company? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I work at a solar company. Do you guys sell solar? Or are you just trying to get me to like buy financing or something? No, we just do financing. All right, who's the company you install solar for? Uh, oh, it's uh, XYZ Solar. Fuck those guys, Steve. Don't represent those guys. You're better than this. You're better than that, Steve. You sound like a good guy. You sound like someone who cares. Stop ripping people off. Those guys are crooks. You don't want any part of them, Steve. Seriously, walk into your manager's office right now and tell him, fuck you, sir. Fuck you for backing this horrible solar company. Tell him that right now, Steve. I'll hold. Damn, I, who knew that he was going to be contacting uh, uh, McGuire? Uh, <laughs> and you get these people, and this poor kid is on the other line, and sometimes their reaction is funny because sometimes they don't know how to respond and they just default right back to their, their script and he'll just go, sir, I'm calling from so-and-so, sir. I'll just be like, Steve, you're, you're killing me here, Steve. <laughs> Steve, you're, you're put your paper down. Come on, Steve, Steve, stick with me. It's funny, man. You can just do this for however long you feel like. Chances are Steve really isn't uh, receiving what you're saying. Sometimes they do, actually. Sometimes they just go like, yeah, man, um, I hate it here. I've, I've had some guy actually like break down and just be honest. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, man, oh, I, no. I, I hate what I'm doing, you know. And, and Oh, uh, that's too bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love it, though. Because I'm just like, dude, it's just a job, man. Every job sucks. You don't have to worry about it. Just, you know, choose that if this is seriously the solar company that you want to represent. Are you, are you, are you willing to put your name on their work? You don't even know what they do. You don't even know them. <laughs> I love That's good advice, though. I mean, because you regret working for that company before. Well, so you, you're kind of like giving these, this person a, a talk. Yeah. Okay. So I guess the answer to that is, A, I don't really regret it. Regretting it would mean that I wish I never did it. Uh, I'm glad yeah. I did that job. It opened up a lot of doors for me, gave me a good foundation for sales, for sales ability. True. Uh, yeah. I'm glad I did it for as long as I did it. And I'm glad I left. Um, but, and, and, and even Steve, I, I don't know that I'm truly trying to help Steve. Maybe it sounds that way or there's some element of that. But really, also, I think I just personally find joy in breaking Steve out of his script and fucking with him in a way. Like, I don't really care if Steve feels good about the solar company he's repping. Honestly, I don't even know if that solar company was good or bad or or, or anything, you know? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I guess I just found it fun. But, but do you do you tell him, like... um well, let's see. I forgot what I was going to say. I'm sure it was great. Again. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. Should have been there. Yeah. Man. So do you, okay, so like this ride-along thing where I had this corporate guy ride along with me and it puts me in the hot seat, makes me do all this kind of preparation just to impress someone for virtually no reason, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, you're in software. You develop software. You're a you're a code architect, right? Uh, is there any equivalent? to what I'm talking about that you have in your line of work or your professional experience? Nah, not really. Hmm. I mean, not for me. And I don't think for anybody that I can think of, you're, you're kind of working with people in a team right. setting. So you, you, you know what other people do or what they don't do. You know, you, you kind of get an idea for that. Um, you know, I may, maybe in your case, you, since you're interfacing with people that, 
they can't get feedback from or maybe can't get feedback easily from, mm-hmm. they need to go with you in order to get direct feedback. I, I don't know. But yeah, that, that doesn't happen in software. I mean, I have, however, had a retrospective before, which was those are not fun. Well, and what's basically that? what that what that means is that you have basically fucked up and we need to figure out how to stop the fuck up in the future. And is that what someone so, like a CIO, like a chief information officer or something, or or just someone who is overseeing the the software development projects you're working on, or what's what's that look like? Well, what it basically means is that you've made a mistake big enough to where the executive council had to be told, and then answers need to be generated for the executive council. So what you're saying is this is the equivalent of a court martial in the military. You're being you're being digitally court martialed. Well, I guess the situation is being court martialed in a way. Yeah. I mean what what this was was um I made a mistake, an inventory mistake uh before Black Friday. It was it was absolutely horrible. Right. Okay. Um, and and it cost a good amount of money for the company because we had to cancel a lot of orders, and um, it was just not good. So it it made its way all the way up the chain, and answers need needed to be gotten. So it was painful. It was painful. I mean, because in the meeting, I'm like. They're like, well, how do how does this happen? And I explain it. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like, what do you want, want from me? You know? Oh, it came down <laughs> to that. They're just like, yeah, we don't care that you're sorry, dude. Yeah, I mean that that's kind of you know, that was like my default stance almost in a way. I'm, I felt so bad about it, and it's like, well, you probably don't have more, a lot of experience just, dealing with that. I guess in sales, you you get a lot of those things where shit just hits the fan, and you're just like, yeah, that's just what happens. I mean, I guess you get more comfortable telling your manager, just like, yeah, I fucked up. This is the result. What are we going to do now? Like, beat me up over it doesn't do anything. Yeah, this this was over a million, I think. That's that's, that's a big deal. People. uh Generally yeah. get fired over over losses and mistakes that cost millions. Generally, yeah. But you're so fucking valuable it, and unfireable. They're just like, damn it, Derek. Ah, we can't let you go. Yeah, it was it was not a pretty situation. I mean, but the thing is, is that, you know, when you are dealing with people that are desirable, mm. you don't want to, um, you know, it, it's hard to replace them. So you have to just... And they've made a mistake that was big, but you got to understand that now they realize they do realize how big that mistake was and they take precautions not to do that again. So So, essentially they were just trying to uh, slap your hand hard enough to make it sink in. They never had any intention of firing you. They were just trying to make it sting. I think they were trying to do a forensic on it and just see like what happened. Oh, okay. And let's talk about what happened. It, it wasn't anything personal or anything or, oh. or, or being like, Hey, you, you need to like hang your head in shame. Oh, okay. So this People was like legitimate damage control. They're like, we really need to understand how this happened and how we can maybe use that information to prevent it from happening again. Yeah. All that right. was, that's mostly what it was. Uh, and, and they got to report that up the chain. All right. All so, right. Yeah. That huh. not, not my greatest moment, but you know, I've, I've had, other situations in the past where like I've I've done really good with the company that I would work for and I've saved them in very critical situations. Oh, I'm sure. 
What do you think of this, yeah, dude? Like even on Black Friday, like I've say I saved like almost all the sales on one Black Friday. We were crashing, and as we were crashing, I found the process that was causing it to crash. And right at the nick of time, we like cut that thing out, and we had a successful Black Friday. Nice. All right. Well, Derek redeemed. I paid my salary in that one day. So, what do you think of this? Um, okay, so in that negative experience, you fucked up, and then you were in the hot seat for fucking up. So someone else had to kind of come down on you and uh, put the heat on. Have you ever been, or what are your thoughts about the opposite, where someone else fucks up, and you have to be the one to come down on them? Which one, are, which one makes you more uncomfortable? You fucking up and being scrutinized, or someone else fucking up and you having to scrutinize them? That that key there, what you said is which one makes you more uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's difficult to that's a difficult one. I mean, of course, when you feel like you're right, it's easier to be like, hey, I'm in the right. But you have and, to like and yeah, no, it's obviously this other guy's fault and he fucked up and it's your job to go and uh address that with him. Tell him what happened, here's how much it sucks, you fucked up. That yeah, makes me I, uncomfortable. I did that. It, it's funny you mentioned that because I did that. Okay, I'm uh, sure. In the last, yeah. I, I did that yesterday, oh. as a matter of fact. All right. We, we had a system outage, and it turned out that the system outage was because somebody dropped a table, and it was a production table. And they dropped a production table without checking to see if anything was referencing it, and then our system broke. Something's been running for like three years, all of a sudden just broke. Fucking rookie mistake. And... <laughs> it is it is it, it's you know it, it comes down things. to no don't let me derail yeah, you keep going I okay mean, this guy dropped a table and fucked it up yeah it, it really what it means in a company speak and company speak is that you need to change your process right? right so something in the process needs to change quarterly speak let's escalate it escalate it and change our processes but Really, the way I, I was actually kind of proud of the way that I addressed it because there's times in the past where like I kind of take things personal and stuff, and then like and a lot of times that's my initial reaction is like, come on, dude, like don't like don't bullshit me because when I wrote it and I said, look, hey, what happened here, and then their boss requested an, a you know what happened here, and then the answer that came back was kind of like, hey, well, it's not my fault. And I'm like, well, no. <laughs> so I just wrote back. I just said, you know, um, I said, I didn't say these things happen, but but there was kind of an insinuation. It's okay, but we need to, things that are dropped from production need to be checked to make sure they're still in use or otherwise you cannot drop them. If you don't do this, then we need to address this process because we're only setting ourselves up for failure in the future. And it was like about as diplomatic as I could get, you know, and because it, it, in the past I would write like, you know, I can't believe you're saying this and, you know, you're denying this, you know, there's no reason for any of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's almost but like I just, kind of I, gloating or, or just, yeah, yeah, I gotcha. And, uh, ego, and unproductive. Ego yeah. Yeah. It. It's unproductive. Yeah. So I, I, I was proud of myself because I gave myself time because I was upset because it makes you upset when people don't take responsibility, especially when they do mess up and they're kind of like, well, this is the reason it's because of this. And it's like, well, no, you can't just drop something in any production environment. You, you are the one that's ultimately to blame for that. Don't pass the buck, but, buddy. You're responsible. You need to answer for it. You know, take responsibility. 
Yeah, exactly. Because you're the one that's ultimately doing it. Right. You're causing the outage and, and you didn't check to see that that wasn't in use. Right. So, you know, it's uh, what I'm just most proud of. I just, I, I was upset at first and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to answer. And I waited about an hour or so. And after I settled down of just being a little bit upset, I wasn't, I didn't like ruin my day or anything, but you know, and then I just wrote back that diplomatic answer and it, it was good. It felt good. Smart. Yeah. It's a good idea to, well, you're, ne- you're never really a hot headed guy anyway. I'm sure you get mad and it's always a good idea when you do get mad to take a step back, give it a little time, let yourself become un, uh, not necessarily not mad anymore, but get past that initial phase of anger. Um, cause that's when, that's when you say and do stupid things. Uh, and you're not really thinking clearly when you're in that initial phase of anger. Um, I think it's that fight or flight reaction that we all have. And once that passes, then you can look at something a little more open, open-mindedly and, and, uh, you know, maybe it's still generally the same situation, but you can take a little bit more of a pragmatic approach to it. Like what you did. It's like, okay, it doesn't really help the situation for me to be like, no, no, it's your fault. You fucked up. It just, let's just get productive. Here's what needs to happen. Um, and that's a much more, uh, you know, politically diplomatic. It's a, yeah. Diplomatic is the word I'm, I'm fumbling for. Yeah. That, that kind of thing. It sucks to, to realize there's politics and everything, but there's politics and everything, right? Especially the workplace. And it's important to get your point across to get shit done and hold people accountable. But you also don't want to be a dick because you got to keep working with that person and you need to try to continue to get the best performance out of them and kicking them when they're down is not a good way to, you know, do that. So, um, precisely. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's like, this is a, anybody, a lot of these people, they're valuable resources, you know, you just have to try to get them to not screw up. You know, and just tell, like this needs to be part of, like I said, this needs to be part of the process. If this is not part of the process, we need to address it. Yeah. And that, that was, that was basically it. Not, I didn't say, Hey, you, I try, I also try not to use like you, me, yeah. there's keywords. You know, I, yep. I want to, yeah, there's no reason for that. Yeah. Yeah. You want to use yours we, like we, uh, you know, things like that. Yeah. Like, cause we're a team. We as a company need to make sure that we're not fucking up like you just did. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. You know, dude, and and, okay, so my discomfort with holding other people accountable can be changed drastically by their willingness or ability to accept blame. So if I'm faced with a situation where someone else fucked up and I need to address it and hold them accountable, my my pre-confrontation mindset is I'm not looking forward to this. This is uncomfortable for me. I don't like doing this. Um, And then... When you breach the subject or scratch the surface of the problem with the person and they are a completely, uh, you know, accepting of responsibility, like, yeah, no, I know I totally screwed up. I'm so sorry. Here's what I did wrong. Here's what I'll do differently. If they completely own it, then that changes everything. If they are passing the buck and their initial thing is defensiveness and blame and that sort of thing where it's like, no, I didn't do that. It was Steve. Steve's a dumbass. I did my job right. Then that entirely changes everything. Then I have much less problem with being a dick and, uh, you know, holding that guy accountable firmly than I would in the other situation. So obviously the person's reaction plays a big part of the, of the, uh, of the puzzle of, of, you know, how you, how you approach that situation. Definitely. That, that's, that's one of the most difficult things right there is that 
when you tell somebody, Hey, like you messed up in this circumstance and they deny it yet, you know, you can't, there's, you can't even agree on that. And then from that comes more animosity. You said that I did this, you know? Yeah. And, and then you're just, then it gets personal and, and well, it's a tough situation to be in. I know what you mean. Well, it's somewhat of a personal trait because, you know, someone who's going to instantly deny and blame, uh, that's just in their nature. Um, so, you know, they do that in, in in other aspects of their life also. None of that really fucking matters because you're just coworkers. You're yeah. not, you know, connected on a personal level. But you know that some people are just naturally that way where they can't accept responsibility. They can't apologize. They can't look at themselves. They can't be... They can't be introspective. I don't know if that's the right word, but it sounds fancy. Yeah, it is. You know? Yeah, they don't want to look at themselves. Yeah. They don't want to see what they did wrong. Yeah, that sort of thing. So some people are just incapable or really just bad at doing that. And that's a frustrating thing to come up against. And as soon as you realize that you're dealing with someone like that, it immediately causes me to change my demeanor. I think I react to that with anger. Like it bothers me to have to deal with people who can't take responsibility. Um and I don't want to work with people who can't take responsibility. I mean, fuck, who does, right? That's not that's not a shocking thing to say. No one likes those people. No one wants to work no. with someone who can't accept blame, apologize, or, you know, just fucking own something, you know? And the the funny part, and the, it's really not funny, but the fact that they're not willing to take the blame, they expect you to get upset probably. They're, they they they're used to it. They've got to be used to it at least. Well, that's, right? that's why like, no, they, that's why they're so quick to respond with defensiveness because that's the best defense, you know? So if they just kind of go casually went, Oh, I actually didn't do that. It was Steve. Steve did that. Uh, it's much less impactful than if they respond with, um, kind of anger, defensive anger, or that kind of thing where it's just like, that wasn't me. You know, they use a tone of voice that causes you to be more likely to let them off the hook. So they're those sorts of arguers who feel like if they just get madder and louder, it makes them more and more right. Those are some of the most frustrating people to disagree or argue with. Um, and or they just want to try to get out of the situation yeah. because that's kind of their pattern. Like, let me get out of this situation. The quickest way to get out of this situation is lie about it. Or to be the... It's, it's worked in the past probably for them. Yeah, yeah. If I get angry and yell at someone or use an angry tone of voice, they're more likely to back off and leave me alone. So that, that gets me out of this hole. Yeah, so that's... that's uh, that's an annoying thing to come up against. Yeah, that that is. I have dealt with some of that in mm. the past as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People suck. So what do you think about me putting down uh, your favorite karaoke song? Is that your favorite karaoke song? Oh, you mean in, uh, in, our, uh, in our cartoon description? God damn, dude. All uh -huh. of a sudden, you keep hearing my phone go off? Yeah. Jesus, these are all bullshit, nothing telemarketer asshole calls. Fuck those people. I hate telemarketers. <laughs> oh you know what dude if it, if if what would be funny actually is I, I just missed like two in a row uh of random calls from out of state so i'm sure they're either robots or or people reading scripts i wish i could feed the audio through our our show right now so we could just do one of these live that would have been so cool but i'm not oh, i'm not that, hooked up we, for that. we got to we got to figure that out we just missed two point. great opportunities to take two live sales calls in a row. I want to hear the master work. Oh. I, you know, let's let's set that up in the future. I want to hear the master well, work. Yeah, but I mean, what are the odds we're going to get a fucking sales call at that time? I can't make it happen. Well, yeah, I know. We just got to be ready. You're right. We should be ready for anything, anytime. And I'm not. I apologize. I accept, yeah. full, I accept full accountability for that, Derek. I'll, I'll do better in the future. 
Well, I'm still angry at you. Ah, it's not going to work. That's that's not how this exchange goes. You're supposed to let me off uh, with um, with understanding. No, I'm sorry. That's that's BS. You should have never done that. You should have always been able to pick that phone up in the first place. I should have just got mad and defensive. That would have worked. Yeah. Fuck. Next time. So baby got back. Baby. Oh yeah. Got back. Yeah. Yeah. So in our cartoon bullet point description of ourselves. Yeah. That, that's my, that, that was another thing that made me think like, why is this useful? <laughs> One of my bullet points was favorite karaoke song. Baby got back. Like he's going to draw that into the picture. You know what? There's nobody in town anywhere around who could do the line little in the middle, but she got much back. Yeah. Better than you. Oh, is that, wow. is that it? Thank you. You do it. Is that how no, it goes? No, 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 no. I'm not just going to do that. No, that that has to be drunk with music and a crowd, and that's that's a live thing. That can't just be uh, spit out on a podcast and be effective. Okay, so we'll have to get a special recording for that for the website, and we'll put it up there. Yeah, we just need to go get drunk, do karaoke, and you can film it on your phone if you want to. You can, you can take that. Yeah, that's in the moment. That's real. Okay. Yeah, I'm down. I'll do that. I haven't done that that song in a long time. That used to be like my jam, dude. Megan, love to hear you sing that at your uh, birthday party at the... Yeah. Um, what a weird song that is for me. Like, I, I'm I'm a punk rocker, right? I love punk rock. I mean, I love hip-hop, too, but uh, I don't even know how that song became my song, but that's my song. I thought it was great. You got the whole place going, man, in karaoke. We would go there, and you'd get up there, but everybody's like, hell yeah. I did that song. Sarah and I were on a cruise... I think it was an Alaska cruise. So we were on a cruise. Oh, no. oh And, uh, you know, of course, at some lounge on some certain night, they do karaoke because every night something somewhere on a cruise ship. And we saw that on the little the little paper, they I'm slip sorry. under your door that say, hey, here's like the activities for the day or whatever. Like one of them was karaoke that night. And we're like, fuck, yeah, let's go do that. Right. So we ended up having some drinks at that lounge later on in the evening after dinner. And, and people were doing karaoke. And that's all cool. And... uh. It ended really early. Oh, no, I think, okay, so I put my name in, but there was a long fucking list because everyone wants to participate on a cruise ship. So there was a long list of people signing up for songs. And by the time uh, it, it was ending, it ended kind of early. I don't know what time. Call it 10 o'clock. Right, right, after, right after you sang? <laughs> no, 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 I hadn't sang yet. We were just chilling, having drinks, watching oh. other people sing. And then the karaoke guy was like, all right, guys, we're going to have one more song, you know, this and that. And, and uh, that's going to pretty much wrap it up for us. And it was me. And I got to close Ooh. out the karaoke night and yeah. called me up. We got Mike over here. Mike's going to come up and sing. Baby got back. And uh, <laughs> and I walk up, and I'm just a fucking white guy, right? So I'm sure, yeah. I imagine that everyone in that room, which was fucking packed, by the way, because it's a cruise ship, and no one else has anything else to do, and everyone wants to party, right? So everyone's in that lounge on that evening on that cruise ship. And yeah. last song of the night, the big fucking closer, is going to be me singing a rap song, and a fucking white guy walks up. And I imagine most people are probably just like, oh, well, this would be a waste of time. And, right? and what was before you? Was it like Frank Sinatra, Fly Me to the Moon or something? Oh, like, God, fly dude. Fly me to the moon. I hate to be judgmental. It's not like I'm some karaoke guy, but <laughs> most people's karaoke selections are fucking shitty, man. Like, <laughs> the whole point of karaoke is to have upbeat, fun stuff, something that generally the entire crowd knows and it's active and, inter and interactive where people can sing along and it's fun and upbeat. And that's what gets a party going, right? 
Some people yep. get up there and they sing these somber ass, my dog just died songs. And you're just like, fuck, <laughs> dude, thanks for bringing the whole room down. You know, you got to whine into a microphone for four minutes while we all listen and get bummed out. Like, what a <laughs> dick. That's your song. You fucking sad sack. Stay home. No one wants you here. Pick a fucking song, dude. You know? And, so uh, you didn't like my Stevie Wonder then, huh? Uh, Stevie Wonder's cool. Well, I, 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 okay. which, which song? Which song? I think it was Part Time Lover at the time. Oh, that's cool, dude. That's that's got some groove to it. Yeah, no, that's cool. People can dance to that. You know, the uh, yeah, it's a little bit upbeat. Yeah, yeah. Some of the ladies are going to get up and dance to that song, and that that makes things happen. That's what you want, you know. No one wants the super yeah. bummed out, fucking somber, whining bitch song at karaoke. They all on. cried out. Yeah, man. Uh, Lisa, Lisa, and the Colt Jam all cried out. Shit, dude, we're here to have a good time. <laughs> Why are you bumming everyone out? You know. Uh, yeah, the Jets just make it real. Yeah, so that's probably the the sad sack that preceded me. Uh, the weird yeah. combination of of poorly sang songs, which I'm fine with as long as it's a good song. I, I kind of enjoy the poorly sang songs better than the really, you know, uh, belted out great songs. Um, I don't know. I like karaoke. I like the mix, but I don't like the guy that goes up there and bums everyone out, or the gal that just that just takes it upon themselves to fucking suck the air out of the room. I don't like those people. <laughs> so tell me what uh, what happened. Oh, oh when anyway, you got sorry. Up there, did you so, like, yeah, steal the show? Uh, yeah, yeah. Essentially, I mean, it was the very last song of the night. They called me up. I walked up, and even the DJ was just kind of like, "You're gonna sing Baby Got Back?" Like, kind of like, "But you're you're mm-hmm. white." And I'm like, "Yeah, dude. Yeah, it, it. Yeah, yeah. Just go ahead, play it." And, uh, just trust me, just trust me. I'm a fucking big headed guy, but I mean, I knew I'd do a good job. It's not like I'm a great singer or anything, but I can, I can make that one sound cool. And it's a fucking awesome song, dude. Everyone loves it anyway. You You know what I mean? Yeah. You kill it. Everyone loves that song. Everybody loves it. It's like Mike's baby got back. Everyone, everyone knows that song. Everyone's going to have a good time. Like, let's party, dude. Let's close this one out with something cool. And, um, and it fucking went off, dude. Like had the whole crowd singing and uh <laughs> chanting their part back where they got like the backup parts and all that kind of stuff like ladies yeah oh, no. ladies yeah where you pointing the microphone yeah that kind of thing the mic at the audience, yeah yeah like, exactly oh. where you say like ladies and then you stretch the microphone out to the crowd and, and the whole crowd screams back yeah you know oh, shit, all that kind so of shit funny. like it went off dude it was fucking rad and at the end you know oh, the dj he, he had he had turned a corner on me so when it ended he was just like oh ho, ho, damn you know like the crowd was just going off and it was pretty rad dude it made me feel pretty good that's so awesome yeah no megan loved it when you sang that too she was laughing her ass off because she's never heard us do karaoke what's funny and yeah. yeah i did my uh do 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 zang da dang and dong gong da dang and i'm gong you do some good red hot yeah you do yeah when i finished that when everybody's like yeah yep that's a good song dude See, that's a, that's yeah, a fun song yeah. that everyone wants to hear. You don't have to be a, 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 a vocal virtuoso. You just need to go up there, stay on time, and, and sing it. And the song itself rules. The song will take you through it, you know? Yeah, and people like it. Everyone and knows happy, it, and, and they all drinking, like it. And then it's like, yep, that's, yeah. that's it, dude. That's the key to karaoke. Yeah, yep. yeah. no Lisa Lisa and the Colt Jam, no All Cried Out. No, no nonsense. Like no Coldplay. Oh, keep dude, that away. Coldplay. Like really, you're here to display your vocal bum attitude. Like what? No, no one's buying a drink to hear you sing Coldplay, dude. Okay, here's the worst though. Right, the the worst is just what you're saying, where it's one of those songs that just sucks you down, and it's a duet. Mm, the duet where it's like, lulls me up where we belong. 
Oh, you know, don't get me wrong. I love that song. It's a I great love song. That song. Yep, it's a great song. Yeah, but and, you know, I'm alone. I wanna, in I don't want to go home right now. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. Want to go home on your way home. <laughs> yeah. yeah, tired, alone. Like that's a great song for that, but not in a big crowded room of people drinking who are looking to have a good time, and then you get up there and that song kicks in. Everyone's like. <gasps> Oh, yeah, I got to use the bathroom. I'm going to go smoke a cigarette. Yeah, yeah. Um, Way to just suck the life out of the party, man. But there are rules with karaoke, right? Like, you don't leave when somebody's kind of singing, right? You try not to, you try to slip out the back door. Um, Generally, that's the right thing to do. Although, you can make a very bold statement by choosing to do that at a certain time. Like when, when that duet gets up there and they start that terrible song and you just stand up very conspicuously and like straighten your pants, kind of stretch out your back like, yeah, I'm going to take a break right now because this isn't worth sitting here and listening to. And you walk out right down the middle of the dance floor. You don't even take the long way around, around the edges. You just walk straight through the fucking middle. And just like, yeah, I'm not even looking at the singer while I walk out. You're not like, oh, pretending to be interested. <laughs> or as you're like nodding your head to be like, yeah, I'm into this. I just got to pee. You know, you're not doing any of that body language. You're just literally like, yeah, I'm leaving because this sucks. That's your body language. Yeah, you're walking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's as if they don't even exist there. Yeah, you're no, just like, like walking straight out. This like, is uh, this needs to be ignored and I'm ignoring it. I'm leaving until the next song comes on. Yeah. Right at the peak. Yeah, I don't have to pee. Nope. I don't even have to pee. I'm just walking out. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) Totally. There is an etiquette to karaoke, right? Yeah. Here's one of my rules, and maybe I'm a dick, but I don't like karaoke people who bring their own CDs and bring their own karaoke music. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's a thing anymore. I mean, no one has CDs anymore, really, right? It's all on a memory stick. But maybe, maybe those people, maybe now they show up with a memory stick, which is equally douchey. Um, yeah, that is a little much. It's like, you know, I like this song, but I don't like that version that you have. Or or they may not have my song, and it's so important that I sing my song that I'm going to bring it with me to karaoke because I am an active karaoke like, really, dude, you can't just show up at a bar and, and sing something if you feel like it. And maybe not sing if you don't feel like it. Maybe that's an option, too. Just come out and have a good time. Yeah, they. Yeah, exactly. Just uh, you take the training wheels off, okay? Yeah. Take off the training wheels. Look in the book. If it ain't in the book, you don't get to do it. Well, then that's I, it. And I think their their thought in their own head is, I'm so good at this song, I'm going to bring it to this crowd, and I'm going to perform for them. These people don't know it yet, but they came to my show. I think that's what they think. I think you're right. And I'll one-up it and say, when they're alone listening to that song, they're they're doing the karaoke at home and they're imagining this very situation oh, that's yeah. going on. They're like, I'm going to go like, to that bar s- and I'm going to sit down and have a few drinks and watch a few other people sing. And, and, and those people are virtually opening for me. So I won't sing first. I'm going to sit down and hang for a little bit. Uh, and then I'm going to get up and I'm just going to blow that crowd away. I'm going to shine. And, I came from, and then they leave after their song. <laughs> yeah. 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 They just, yeah, they, they just, that's it. They performed. They're done. They're, they have left the building. Uh, you are welcome. Yeah. You are welcome that I had bestowed my song. Dude, the sad reality is that fucking asshole probably has seven more songs that they've already signed up for. And they're just there for the long haul to fucking torture everyone else with their self-indulgence. 
And if not, then they're going to go to the next place down the road. Yeah. <laughs> and repeat that same <laughs> they, song again. <laughs> they're going They're going karaoke bar hopping with their fucking yeah. CD book. Oh, man. Those people bug yeah. me. And, and I, I shouldn't be such a dick because that's their thing. That's their hobby. They're into karaoke and all that. But their thing is is going on at my bar and i'm here to have a good time and i don't want to be subject to your hobby like uh if you want to perform start a fucking band go out and sell (laughs) tickets and and go on tour and see if anyone shows up and then you've made it but don't come to a captive audience and pretend that you are headlining the show you know you're right. That's what it is. It's the captive audience. Yeah. You know, we're a captive audience. Yeah. Like, don't screw us. My beer's like, only be, halfway be gone. I can't leave yet. Don't fucking do this to me. I know. You know, I'm I'm going to be much more discerning, I think, next time I go to karaoke. It's like, oh, what kind of person is this here? Yeah. You see Let's some see. guy sitting off in the side of the corner biding his time. You're just like, when that guy sings, I'm leaving. <laughs> he's he's over what there. about like what? what if somebody comes says like plays like egyptian lover or something egyptian lover uh, or those songs too like cnc music factory or something like i can't take those either no i mean the ones that were like way overplayed and they're like doing them like come on they are the, what, what those people are doing is pandering to the crowd because those are good bar dance songs you know for for a good you know uh 40 to 50 year old age group like those songs are gonna are gonna resonate with the audience a drinking crowd of of people so those are safe choices those are good dance songs that's people are gonna get up and dance to that even if they can't hear your microphone you're playing a good song it doesn't matter that you're singing to it or not it's a good song people are gonna go dance to it um and even even if you don't like it you got to deal with it because there are people that like it and it's not completely exclusive yeah. of everybody dude and, and right. at least it's an active fun drinking song like i'm cool with that it's got a good beat it's upbeat it's happening even if you suck or whatever like it's fine you know you're supposed to suck at karaoke it's all good just pick a good song don't don't pick some fucking somber melancholy belly aching bring me down you fucking dickhead man i, I that's what Hearts bugs me let's can cry yeah that kind of shit never been together huh yeah fuck those and people oh god i hate away. it i hate it <laughs> i haven't been to karaoke in a long you know time I, you know how i know all those too right because those are all my pussy songs that i like which fine like them they're great songs i'm yeah, not saying that sad yeah, sad belly yeah. acres are, are bad just they're just bad karaoke songs don't subject a captive audience to them you're right there needs to be some kind of rule we need to make like some kind of karaoke rule set yeah yeah d- don't a book don't let's sell a out. book let's sell it Let's do a karaoke book. Dude, what do you think? We can make money off that. We, we could. We could. Except the people it's geared to would either A, not read it, or B, if they did read it, they're like, yeah, that's true, but it doesn't apply to me because I'm great. But you know who would buy it, though? Danny. Danny would buy it. Oh, the karaoke and master. Dan- Danny would buy it. The karaoke master, Danny, would buy it. All right. And you put it right on the table, and if somebody screwed up, here's the karaoke rule book. That's what we call it, the karaoke <laughs> rule book, and we sell it. Well, I think we could do this. We can make money off this. No, I think it's a great idea, but practically thinking, like, Danny's business is to do karaoke and have people participate, so it's bad for his business if he shoots people down, even if it's totally legitimate and they suck and they shouldn't be bumming everyone out. He's not going to go tell someone, like, hey you need to read this, you are breaking the rules because they'd be less likely to come back and it's bad for his karaoke business. So that would be him like shitting where he eats, you know? Yeah, and they're like, oh, well, 
I'm not going to come and get my uh, my dry martini next time. Yeah, yeah. Bye. The fucking other karaoke bar down the street is not uh, schooling me on karaoke etiquette, so I'm going to go bum those people out. Thank you. Oh, you just said martini. Okay, here's my other thought. Dry martini. Dude. They, they, no alcohol. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, that was what I was just going to say is the people who are really serious, the ones you got to watch out for, they're not drinking. They're staying sober. They're drinking something right. like fucking green tea to make their throat expand so they can sound better. <laughs> like they're there serious, dude. They're they're fucking they're preparing for this musical performance. Like, you know, that's like they're singing in the car on the way yeah, there. Man, yeah, man, that's the one you need to watch out for. You see a guy sitting in a fucking crowded bar waiting for his turn to sing and he's not drinking alcohol. You need to leave when that guy starts walking to the mic. Amen. Fuck that guy. Amen. Fuck that yeah. guy or gal. Like they are taking this way too seriously. They're abstaining from the party to optimize their performance. I don't even want to hear it. For their own personal dream that they can relish in and yep. later on. Yep. And just think about, oh, I I devastated that audience. Yep. Oh, I I killed it. Yeah. Oh, everyone loves me. I, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm signing autographs at the end of this display of greatness. That's that's what's going on well, in their head. Maybe what maybe the book that we do is the karaoke personality book, and we just list all the twenty different <laughs> karaoke personalities that are in there. Yeah, Boom. yeah, yeah. We could we could just prepare that, and we can start that uh, list as a podcast. We can just bring it bring it to our audience, and just kind of go like, okay, what do you think of this? We could workshop it. Uh, maybe people have uh, some some to add or some feedback for the ones we pick. Yeah, maybe we can uh, get some character sketches of that, too, or Ooh, something. Yeah, you can, yeah, yeah. You can be like, oh, uh, this person does this sort of karaoke, and they also like cats. You can, you can include some fucking obscure details that, <laughs> that are never going to make it into the drawing. They, draw, they drive a Yaris. Yeah, they drive a Yaris. You really need to get to know this person <laughs> to draw their face. Like, here's, here's what his face looks like, and his favorite color is green. And he drove a Volvo as a kid. Yeah, yeah. And he drove a Volvo as a kid, and and <laughs> <laughs> and he lives in Wisconsin. Okay, go. And he's a major sushi snob. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's another one. He's a sushi snob. Yeah. Is that going to make yeah. it into the art? I mean, am, am I going to be hope like? So. I am I going to so be like somehow. berating a sushi chef or something in my cartoon? I'm going to be. Yeah, I'm going to be a so. fat asshole in my cartoon. <laughs> If you are, if you are, you're going to be holding the chopsticks incorrectly because that's what I put on there too. With like some Old dissatisfied incorrectly. face. Yeah, with like a, yeah. a, a, a judgy, ooh, is this the sushi you're bringing me kind of face? That's, that's with your finger on your nose, like yeah. with your extra wasabi. Yeah, yeah. Uh. Extra real wasabi. I do not like, oh, I'm sorry, is this horseradish? <laughs> is this, is this is horseradish, this paste? horseradish I ordered wasabi. Take it back! I don't or I don't I don't eat horseradish, okay? I yeah. ordered wasabi, damn it. Yeah. I want that stat. No, if you refer back to my 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 rampage on sushi, I eat both. I mix the horseradish paste into the soy sauce because it dissolves. And I order real wasabi because it's good. No, it is. It I is. agree with you there. Yeah, it's fucking I awesome. I agree. Yeah. 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 Man. We covered a lot. Yeah. We covered karaoke. Uh yeah. we solved we solved how to address someone who fucked up in a workplace. Um, yes. We touched on a lot. We solved a lot of problems. We made the world a better place today. It was fun. It was fun doing it too. Yeah. I think that, uh, I think we're doing good. Yeah. Like, I yeah. Think we're doing good. I could go all day with yes. you, brother, but I've got to go and continue my brutal fucking 
ass-kicking week, and uh, I have to go be scrutinized by my boss and have him tell me how well I did or did not do uh, over the last year. Well, good luck with that, my friend. I'm sure you're going to do good. You know, I was just thinking, uh, I have this great excuse where even if something's bad, like, yeah, you did well in this category, but in this other category, you really sucked. I can always be like, yeah, bro, COVID. It was a COVID year. Everything's wacky. (laughs) So that's kind of my excuse for whatever he says that's not good. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Just be like, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that category that's super important. Uh, COVID. Yeah. I thought this was our new normal. Yeah. Yeah. Use those buzzwords. New normal COVID, you know, (laughs) oh man, I would love to have done better in that category, but you know, COVID. But in our new normal, that was kind of difficult. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying to get trying still still getting used to the new normal, man, you know. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to give a lot of responses like that today and see how that flies. I'll do that. I'll put that in my back pocket too. <laughs> All right, Derek. Always a great time talking to you, brother. You too, Mike. You too. It's been great, my friend. Have a great you 4th, have a of, great July 4th weekend, of July weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Go yeah, America. 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 That's yeah. Right. All right, brother. You will well, say. All right. All right, brother. <laughs> Take it easy, man. <laughs> Later, bro. All right. See you, man. Thanks a lot for listening. We really appreciate you joining us. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app. And for more episodes and info, check out DerekandMike.com. Thanks again. We'll see you next time.